Praise God. Thank you for coming today. It's a wonderful day. Today we live different from the way that we came in. God is here and he's, uh, he's up to something. Hallelujah. Um, so today, <clears throat> what I wanted to do was just kind of prepare our hearts um, uh, for what the Lord is, is, has for us next week. Um, and I've titled today's message, The What and the Why. The what and the why. If you're taking notes, write down the what and the why. Um, I, 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 uh, I'm going to preface what I'm saying by starting with what the Lord Jesus said. Um, if you uh, remember the words that Jesus gave us when he was giving the, the, the communion or the Lord's Supper, uh, he took the bread and he took the wine and he said, do this in remembrance of me. And I think the reason why Jesus said that is because he knows our, our tendency to forget and forget very easily. And I think he also understands that there are great consequences um, that occur when we fail to remember properly. When we forget, we put ourselves in a difficult situation. Life is like a bunch of, of layers. Hmm? And then layers stacked upon layers. Uh, if you ever ordered uh, a pancake at a restaurant, uh, you stack and there's one on top of the other and it goes, it goes up like that. And so <clears throat> you can enjoy the first, the first level, but as soon as the second layer comes on, the power of the second layer is so strong that it causes you to forget the first layer. And then the other one comes on, the third layer, which causes you forget, to forget the second layer. And then the fourth layer, comes on. And then by this time, not only did you forget the third layer and the second layer, but when the fourth layer comes on, the first layer is a distant memory. Life is like layers. For example, this morning is Jesus' morning. We are laying a layer of Jesus. And it feels good in here, you know? Feel his presence. Feel the joy of the saints and the assembly. The Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves one to another. It's good to be together. It's good to be in the house of God. It's good to lift him up and worship him and give him the praise that's due him. And this is a beautiful layer right here. But how many of you know as soon as you go, you go out in, and get into Adsaba traffic in just a few minutes. So you go out, you get into, you know, traffic police. Uh, then maybe you go, you have issues with your family. You have issues with your bills and you have to pay your rent. You have issues with your boss. And then, you know, you have issues with your boss. And then you have another issue with your boss. Hmm? And you have a, a deadlines and you have budgets to meet and you have kids to feed and put in school. And, you have, and so now the Jesus layer is still there, but it's just covered by another layer called life, another layer called bills. And, and we find ourselves, this is our nature, is we are always engaged mentally and emotionally with our most recent layer. So we will be saved, but we won't act like we're saved because the most dominant layer has conducted our mind and our, our, our conversation. So we're actually living so far away from our salvation because we forgot. And I found that it sometimes takes a little bit of intentionality to dig through the layers, to go back to the first layer which says, I am a child of God. The first layer whose name is Jesus. Because if we don't give intention to that layer, life will take us far away. And the wind blows very strong. Actually, we can get so caught up and blown so far off course, so fast and so easily. 
Yeah. Uh, I was reading this story in the book of uh, Acts chapter Acts chapter 19. And the Bible says that there was a riot in, in Ephesus. A man named Demetrius started a riot. And um, let's see, verse, verse number 32, it says that the, the, whole, the whole city was, was stirred up. And verse 32 says, the assembly was in confusion. Some were shouting one thing, some another. Most, peop most of the people did not even know why they were there. The Jews pushed Alexander to the front, and some of the crowd shouted instructions to him. He motioned for silence in order to make a defense before the people. But when they realized he was a Jew, they shouted, they all shouted in unison for about two hours. Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. It says, first of all, that the assembly was in confusion. Okay? Uh, some were shouting one thing and some were shouting another thing. So there was confusion. And, and it says, this confused crowd, uh, they all shouted in unison for about two... The wind blows strong. The wind takes you far away. They didn't say like, great is Artemis, God of the Ephesians, once or twice. They said it for... Two hours. You can be blown so far off course that you find yourself in a place that you should not have been. And you are two hours away shouting and you're not even sure why you are there. Now we can make fun of the citizens of Ephesus. But, uh, you know, we're not too much different ourselves. Uh, can I bring this home now? Uh, some of us have political uh, opinions, especially in this country. Where the wind blows this way and that way. And you take your opinion and you get so emotionally and intellectually engaged with your opinion. That it's your opinion and this is my right and this is right and this is wrong. And you up the ante and start going to your social media. Well, I think that's so and so and such and such. <laughs> and after that. So no, don't look at me like that. I know some of you in here. Yeah? Okay, Tawutusun. Hmm? COVID and COVID information and misinformation and disinformation and anti-information. Yeah? And how many of you went this way? Like all of you did went that way? That the, this is the, the Antichrist and all of you went this way? Eh? Don't take any vaccinations. And these down the middle says everybody has to take your va vaccinations. Otherwise, I'm not your friend anymore. You see how the layers are so stacked. And they're so funny. We are all children of God on the first level. We're all family. But the wind blows and takes us to different places. And we are emotionally engaged. Forget church. Our own, my own family. Eh? I don't know about your family. My own family. We got so discombobulated over COVID theory. Eh? And my mother, she thinks she's the doctor sent from God. And she has prescriptions from every COVID symptom. Starting with the glorious Netshunkurt. Eh? How many of you all have mothers who introduce you and prescribe net shunkurt? Yes, Lord. Net shunkurt is, is white onions. Not red onions. No. White onions. It is the cure for everything. Eh? Including, by the way, balding. Eh? <laughs> my mother always looks over the top of my head and she comes up with a new prescription. Just about every week. 
And she is so sure. I heard that somebody was healed of balding. This is not balding. This is some of my friends up here just decided to go to heaven ahead of me. Yeah? I'll catch up with them later. Don't worry. They're not lost. Yeah? Jesus said, yeah, I have numbered every hair on your head. And the ones that's not on your head, I'll take them to prepare a place for you. Don't you read your Bible? This is us, our personal, personal. I mean, every week, this medicine, rub this three times, drink this. There's like drinks that can grow hair. My, my understanding from scripture is balding is a sign of the anointing increasing. Elisha was a double, double portion anointing prophet of God. And he was bald. Leave me alone. Tell my mother, somebody. Because she'll give me, and then the first thing I see the next time when I see her, did you take your medicine? And, you know, you, you're not going to take all of these. Because after she gives it to me, she finds out that, that it was actually, that stuff does not grow hair. It burns hair. And so she comes up with the next one, which does not burn hair, but dissolves hair. So, so now we've just resorted to taking the net shunkurt. If any of you are struggling and have a, a complex, take the net shunkurt and just rub it on the top. Don't worry about the smell. Eh? Your smell is just fine. Just rub in Jesus' name for the glory of God. Well, I'm, I'm well, of course, today, excuse me, my, my personal, but, but my point is layers, <laughs> okay? So someone goes this way and someone, and whatever layer is laid on you, you take on the nature of that layer. It is emotionally, it is intellectually consuming, mentally draining. You are in the space of whatever layer, your most recent layer. And so what we need to learn how to do is be intentional about staying focused. Eh? That understanding this is just a layer, but my focus is on my first layer. If we are not intentional about being focused on Jesus, the wind will blow us far away and it will blow very fast for two hours or sometimes for two weeks, even two months. Hmm? And so we need to be, if we're not mindful of this, it will take us far off course. And we, it's not the fact that we are not saved. We are all saved. We're all children of God. But we've just been blown off course because of the layers of life. And so it's important to stay on course. Uh, staying on course is the difference between complaining and thanksgiving. I'd like to repeat that if I could. Focus is the difference between complaining and thanksgiving. If we focus properly and see him for who he is, complaining has no room. Hallelujah. Nothing but thanksgiving. And, and, and some of us need to take a, a, a proper lesson in focus because our complaining is telling on us. Luke chapter 10, please. It's a familiar story. I, 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 I spend some time in here personally quite a bit, but just want to hang out at Martha's house. Verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. 
but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is best, what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Praise the Lord. This is a very familiar story. It says here in verse number 40 that Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She was distracted. Our scripture tells us that Martha was distracted. Now, uh, something about distract, distracted and distraction. Uh, many times when we think of, of, of this word of being distracted, Martha was distracted by what needed to be done. Many times when we think of being distracted, we associate it with the negative. Hmm? Like we should be doing the right thing, but we were distracted and now we find ourselves doing the wrong thing, right? So generally, distraction is associated with something negative. But in this case, it's different because in this case, we see that distraction is actually associated with something positive. Because Martha was distracted by all the things that needed to be done. These things needed to be done, and yet she was distracted by what needed to be done. Not only was she distracted by what needed to be done, but she was distracted by what needed to be done for Jesus. Distracted by what needs to be done for Jesus. Now this is a little bit confusing, because if Jesus is here, it only makes sense to take care of Jesus. To minister unto Jesus. To serve Jesus. To do everything that needs to be done for Jesus. But Martha was distracted. And because she was distracted by what needs to be done. Eh, she got a little bit upset. Your complaining is telling on you. Mm. Lord help us. Mm. Um, this tells me. And tells us. Uh, that what we are doing, we need to be careful with sometimes because what we are doing can be a distraction to why we are doing it. What we are doing can be a distraction to why we are doing it. It's a very thin line. It's very, very close. It almost looks the same, but it's not. Hmm? And there's what we're doing, which is good and well, but there's also why we're doing what we're doing. And why we're doing eh, is much more important than what we are doing. And that's why I've titled the message today, The What and the Why. Mm. We have to strike that balance right. Mary was commended because she chose the why over the what. And may the Lord help us all today to make a difference and to know the difference between the what and the why. I've been studying a little bit, some of you know, I've been studying a, a West African theologian named Kwame Bediako. And uh, one of his theories is that the true and pure theology of the church was finished in the first and second century. And ever since the third century up to today, we've been, we've been dealing with uh, a, a diluted gospel a diluted theology and the reason he said that is because after third century third fourth century we are dealing with mixture we're dealing with political uh, 
power play influencing itself on the, the doctrine. The first, first few centuries it was pure. It got a little bit corrupted because it was no longer the men and the women of God who were calling for councils. It was the emperor. And when the emperor calls for a church council, that idea, first of all, from the very beginning, it's a little bit, it's a little bit questionable. Because every emperor and every king has an agenda. He has an enemy he's that he's trying to uh, overcome. He's trying to consolidate power. And he's using the power of the church. It's been done even in this country uh, to very, very beautifully. Hmm? When it's time to consolidate power, you call the church. And you help them arrive at some conclusions. Right? So he was of the opinion that the first two centuries... It was the purest form of the theologic the, of theology theology that that came out of the church, and it got corrupted after that. I would think that there might be some truth to that, right? But I think also the main problem is that when we get confused between the what and the why, may the Lord deliver us from the the, the confusion of knowing which one of the two to emphasize, because the what is nothing more than another layer. The why is the reason why. Why, why we do what we do in the first place. And it's so easy to lose perspective in why we're doing what we're doing and think that what we're doing is the end and end all of everything that we do. Right? Yeah. Martha was worshipping what she did. She was attached to what she did. And she lost focus on why she was doing what she did. And because she lost focus, she got upset. See, our fruit is telling us, hmm? Hmm. our fruit is telling which of the two we have focused on. Martha focused on the what and got upset. Mary focused on the why and she did not get upset. Yeah? So we can get lost doing the right thing with bad attitude because we thought that what is what God was looking for. God was not looking for the what, he was looking for the why. Are we looking for the why today? Or are we consumed and distracted by the what? Because all of this what is pointing to a big why. And the big why is bigger than the what. It's all about the why. Specifically, it's all about Jesus. It's not about what we do for Jesus. It's about Jesus, period. So Martha was doing good things. The right thing. In fact, she was doing what needed to be done. For Jesus while missing Jesus in the process. And as a result, eh, she got worried and her fruit was telling on her. Yeah. And when I look at a lot of our church issues and our church fights throughout church history, even up to this day, and how people start uh, drawing lines, battle lines against each other in the house of God. Uh, don't go over there and don't come over here. Watch out for so-and-so and watch out. The complaining in the church, right? And, and maybe it could be not because they have such an issue with them, like Martha was upset about uh, at Mary. Maybe it's not so much a Mary issue. Maybe it's more a focus issue. You have focused on your what instead of focusing on your why. Focusing on what always ends up in a fight. Even in the house of God, doing not only the right thing, but doing spiritual things. Um, but the what looks so good and the what is so important, but the, the what can be a distraction to the why. And church, uh, church even spiritual gifts. Hmm? 
is such a big what? Such a strong what? We are even encouraged to desire spiritual gifts and the greater gifts. Does, uh, am I not right? But, but the spiritual gifts are not the end. They are a means to the end. And the end is our why. And his name is Jesus. And I think in church, especially strong gifts can be distracting because we don't come to church for Jesus anymore. We come for the gift. And thank God for the gifts. The gift is needed, just like Martha's service is needed. But the gift can be a distraction if we don't have a focus on the why. So use the gift, but focus on the why. Because if we don't focus on the why, we will end up with a strong gift combined with strong complaining, strong uh, backbiting, strong fighting after, after service. I'll meet you after service in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Right? Where did that come from? It's not that there's something wrong with the gift, but there is something wrong with your focus. We use the gift as a tool to focus on Jesus. We use the ministry service that he has given you to focus on Jesus. In fact, everything we do, whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, we do it all for the glory of God. This is not a show. This is a tool that's designed to point to Jesus so that all, when all is said and done, only him and him alone will be glorified. And so you see, if we are truly doing what we're doing for Jesus, it is impossible to fight with Martha and Mary. Eh? Because our motive is not to glorify and focus on the what. It's to focus on him. To see him in his beauty. That he would be lifted up. That's why Jesus even said one time, they came to him and said, Did we not cast out demons in your name? That's a big what, right? Yeah? Did you see he cast the demon out? My goodness, can I go get close to him and have some of that? See, we're not running after Jesus anymore. We need the gift. What Martha did was needed, but it does not mean that we have focused our wise appropriately. May the Lord help us today. May the Lord help us focus. This is all for Him. It's all about Him. See, next week we're going to talk about the what. What we have done, what's going on, what's happening. It's going to be a wonderful time. Our, our ministers, are, we always have a wonderful time together. But, but today, before we get into the what, we're going to make sure that we understand why. Mm. Because if we're focused on the why, then we will have good fruit. And if we have good fruit, then we will show ourselves to be his disciples. So we thank God for the gifts. We thank God for the ministry gifts. We thank God for the gifts of, of service. In fact, there's not a single person in here that does not have a gift of some kind. Right? And it's a gift that is endowed upon you by your creator and your maker. We thank God for the gift. Focus on the gift to the degree that it helps you focus on your why. It is not the gift that is the end all. He is the end all. And don't get confused between the two. With, Mar with Martha, you see, it was such a small, thin line. It, it was so close, right? Because Jesus is there. His presence is there. He's in the house. But she was focused a little bit off of Jesus into what needs to be done for Jesus. Uh, the picture of the throne room in heaven, I go there quite a bit in the spirit. Hmm? Today I would like to take you with me on a little journey. Uh, let's just leave this Addis Ababa. Let's leave the, the gas prices. Let's go to the throne room right now. Hmm, shall we go? 
In the throne room, the Bible says there is four beasts that surround the throne. And then around the four beasts is 24 elders. And around the 24, just, just leave your problems and come up to the throne room. Come on, come on. It's, the air is much better up here. Hallelujah. Uh, leave the throne room. Uh, uh, leave your situation and come with me to the throne. Around the 24 elders is, is a countless multitude of heavenly hosts. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands. Hallelujah. The doves come. We're close to doves. To alight on my message today. Eh? And, and the Bible says all of them are facing the throne. And on the throne is seated a lamb. That looks like it was slain from the foundation of the earth. There is no gift on the throne. There is no prophecy on the throne. There is no anointing on the throne. Just the anointed. Hmm? And he takes center stage in heaven. And the Bible says that 24-7... If they have 24-7 in heaven, I don't think they have 24-7 because 24-7 is a created being. And they are bowing 24-7, saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Now, mind you, all of these people are surrounding the throne and facing the throne. They are not only in position, they are also facing the why. And I found that sometimes you can be in position, but a little bit off center. In your right place, but looking at Mary. Looking at all the work that needs to be done. Uh, looking at Abba. And looking at if Abba did the right thing or did the wrong thing. The minute complaining starts to arise in your spirit, it is a sign that you have missed your focus. There is no confusion in heaven because nobody, no complaining in heaven because nobody is focusing to the left or to the right. Everybody is focusing dead center to the lamb that was seated on the throne. Him and him alone is worthy of all focus. The elders are taking off their crowns, meaning that this crown takes subservient position to the lamb on the throne. This is a beautiful crown, but it is not as beautiful as my wife. Hallelujah. May, may the Lord help us today. May the Lord help us to focus today. Some of us are Christians, but we have drifted so far off. We are shouting, great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Great is President Joe Biden. Great is Dr. Abby. Great is, I don't know, Getacho Redda, if you like Getacho, I don't know. Everybody seems to have a layer that they are inclined to. But today, can you just remove your layer? Remove your crown. Can you stop getting off of focus and come back to the one who is worthy of the praise? The one who died for your sins. The one who valued you above all else. And the one who said, I will take the cost because I deem him worthy. I deem her, her worthy. Hallelujah. Somehow everything finds meaning. Somehow everything makes sense when he comes into the focus. Some of us have been focused too much on doctrine. I would like to suggest to you that Jesus is greater than doctrine. You cannot limit Jesus to a doctrine. Jesus is beyond doctrine. Doctrine is a concoction of man. Jesus is beyond human ingenuity. Jesus is love defined. Jesus, we did not create a, a, a formula to understand Jesus. He created a cross so that we would be saved. Love is beyond doctrine. Love is beyond understanding. His love is beyond reason. So, so have doctrine. I'm not saying you don't need doctrine. But value your doctrine according to the degree that it helps you focus on your why.
Some of us have been saved for a long time, but you've been caught in a layer called doctrine. So you don't go and fellowship with them over there. You're mad at Mary and you love Jesus. Mm -hmm. you, can, mm -hmm. you cannot love Mary and love Jesus at the same time. If you really love Jesus, it will show by your love for Mary. But, but today, it's not a day to hear a great preaching. It's a day to see Jesus. I use the gift that God has given me so that we can see Jesus, right? Uh, you need to use whatever he has given you uh, to understand that this is a tool to help us see Jesus. The, tool, the focusing on the tool will end, cause you to be complaining. Your complaining is telling it's time to be focused again. Before we go into a time of focus, I would just like to make a call. If I ask the, the saints just to pray... Uh, and while you're praying, pray that the Lord would touch somebody's heart this morning. If you're here today, and maybe it's your first time, maybe you've come here before. But um, the, the reason that this gathering uh, is here in this city, the way it is, is, we're just here because of Jesus. We have a great vision in this church. We believe God has spoken to us. We thank God for our vision, but our vision is not greater than Jesus. In fact, if anything, our vision is a tool to help us to glorify and to see Jesus better. Because Jesus is wonderful. Jesus is Savior. Jesus, uh, you know, it's funny. It, it, it's a, this is why you can't put him in a doctrinal box. Because, you know, Jesus uh, paid a price for your sin and my sin. And he did that at great risk because he understood that there might be those who would refuse the gift and he paid the price anyway that's 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 uh, love beyond human understanding so uh, i want you to know that you don't have to respond to jesus today whether you receive him or not he still loves you whether you accept him or not he still loves you whether you accept him or not, he paid that terrible price for you. And it was a terrible price. We had a gospel night last night. And I was sharing with them, you know, God arranged for Jesus to come in the earth in, at the ascendancy of the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire was where they introduced a, 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 a capital punishment that was not used in times prior or times past. The crucifixion was, we don't do that anymore. If Jesus would have come today, he would have been executed by firing squad or hanging or electric chair. But it was God's will that he would suffer. Not just that he would die, but that he would suffer. And the, the Romans, just a little, little bit, little bit lower. The, 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 the Roman soldiers were experts in torture. And they devised the crucifixion, not just to kill somebody, but for the human being to experience maximum pain and maximum torture. Because it was God's will, not that he should die. It was God's will that he would suffer. He had to suffer because our sin was so great. The crucifixion is a death by suffering, suffocation. It's, it's not a, a, a death when you just run out of breath. They pierce the hands and feet and suspend the body on the cross so that the diaphragm is locked in a suspended position. 
Meaning that the only way for a person who is crucified to breathe is by pushing on his legs, which already have nails in them. Which means that's a pain to push on your feet, but you have to experience that pain to take a breath. So you are constantly fighting with this thing of which, which should I do? Should I experience pain or take a breath or give my pain a break and not breathe? And the, the one on the cross is continually fighting. It's a psychological pain for, it's a, a brutal, the most horrific. In fact, it's called excruciating. They had to come up with a word to define it because it was so painful. I got on. Now you ask, why would God allow and provide for his son to go through a tragedy of that nature? The word is only one, love. God demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Hallelujah. When somehow, you know, he, I think he made the crucifixion so painful, so graphic that it would last for generations and pass through human, be translated through the human experience. That whatever you are and wherever you come from, that you would get a small picture of how much you are valued. And all of us are valued to that degree today. Um, the, the message is to shift from what we're doing to why we're doing it. Hallelujah. Um, I would like us, I, some of us, you know, have tremendous response. This was a good message for me because much of my work as a pastor, it's doing, following up with all that needs to be done for Jesus, you know. I mean, that's what I do pretty much 24-7. Um, and I guess what the Lord is telling me is leave that alone and just focus on me, you know. And my inbox is full right about now. My inbox is full, <laughs> right? Leave the inbox to Jesus and, and focus on Jesus. Some of you, actually, just because I'm a pastor does not mean my work is more spiritual than yours. God has given you a gift to use for His glory. Your pulpit is your office. Your pulpit is your responsibility that God has given you. But sometimes that consumes you so much that you lose Jesus in the midst of the layers. So just leave your inbox for just a moment. Leave your layers. It's good things that you're doing, and you're doing it for Him, right? That's the confusing thing. Leave that behind, and let's focus on Jesus right now. Can, can we do that? Can we join them in the throne room right now? No one is focusing on the work in heaven. <laughs> no one is focusing on the assignment. No one is focusing on the vision in heaven. Hallelujah. Can we just lift our voice right now? Hallelujah. Just lift your voice. Just put him right in front of you. Don't turn to the left of the right. Lift your voice. Hallelujah. Just lift your voice. Hallelujah. Lift your voice. Hallelujah. It's all about Jesus today. Whew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of you are so in a hurry to go to your next appointment. That's just another layer. Let's leave that alone right now. Hallelujah. Just put him right in front and say, here I am to sit at your feet. Hallelujah. Because he is altogether lovely, church. There is none like Jesus. There is none like him. We worship you right now. Oh, yes. We give you the glory right now. 
We glorify you today, Heavenly Father. We worship your holy name. I'm just feeling in my spirit that the Bible describes in the book of Ezekiel a river that flows out of the temple. And it starts very small, but it starts to grow ankle to the ankle. Then it keeps flowing and it gets deeper to the knees. And then it gets deeper to the waist. And, and I'm just sensing that the Lord is visiting us with his river and it's getting deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Hallelujah. Eventually it becomes a river, a great river that no one can cross. And it flows throughout the whole land. And it brings life to everything that it touches. And it crashes into the salt sea and makes the salt sea fresh. The bitter water fresh. This is the river that flows from the temple of God. Hallelujah. So welcome river of God. <laughs> welcome river of God. Welcome river of God. Make the bitter waters fresh. Grow in strength and power. Grow in increase and depth, Father God. Welcome river of God. Hallelujah. That which is sourced from you, Father God, it brings life. So we tie to that which is yours today. Hallelujah. Do your work. Build your river. Increase your river. <laughs>